Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Tuesday, November 10th, 2020, coming up with Roller Martin on filter. The Supreme Court hearing arguments today in a case that could eliminate the Affordable Care Act. Lawsuits continue to be filed by Donald Trump election team, but was election law tell us? Also, how petty is Donald Trump? He is refusing to allow Joe Biden to receive intelligence briefings. Dude, really? How petty are you? And the Senate will vote on yet another white man for a lifetime appointment to the federal bench. We'll also answer questions about the coronavirus vaccine developed by Pfizer and neo-Nazis seeing flyers attacking Black Lives Matter to members in Texas. And it is confirmed Bishop Harry Jackson Jr. did have COVID-19. He died yesterday. He was a big time Trump supporter. 
and was at that September 26th event featuring Amy Coney Barrett at the White House that has turned into a super spreader event. It's time to bring the funk. I'm Roland Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the fine. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. Folks, today the Supreme Court heard oral arguments in a case that could very well invalidate the Affordable Care Act. Now, uh, during those arguments, Chief Justice John Roberts and Justice Brett Kavanaugh suggested that the court may, may cast aside the individual mandate while leaving the rest standing. President-elect Joe Biden held a news conference today to assure his support of the signature piece of bill that came under President Barack Obama. I promise you this. Beginning on January 20th, the Vice President-elect Harris and I, we're going to do everything in our power to ease the burden of health care on you and your families. I promise you that. As I said, I will protect your health care like I protect, like as of my own family. And we've been, unfortunately, significant consumers of health care. That starts by building on the Affordable Care Act with the dramatic expansion of health care coverage and bold steps to lower health care costs. My transition team will soon be starting its work to flesh out the details so that we can hit the ground running, tackling costs, increasing access, lowering the price of prescription drugs. Families are reeling right now, particularly the reporters in this room and others listening. You've interviewed a lot of these people around the country as you've gone all over the world, all over the country. Enduring illnesses faced with risky choices, losing their employer plans in droves. Over 10 million have already lost their employer plans. They need a lifeline and they need it now. They should have to hold their breath. They shouldn't be in that position, waiting to see if the Supreme Court is going to wrench away the peace of mind they've come to now rely on. So we're going to get right to work, I promise you, addressing the issues that families are, are talking about around their kitchen tables this morning, making sure that they can get in bed tonight with the peace of mind that they deserve, and fulfilling our moral obligation to ensure that here in America, health care is a right for all, not a privilege for a few. So come January, we're going to work quickly with the Congress to dramatically ramp up health care protections, get Americans universal coverage, lower health care costs, as soon as humanly possible. That's the promise I make to you. We're going to fight for your family's health coverage the same way we fight for our own family's health coverage. We want every single American to know if you're sick, if you're struggling, if you're worried about how you're going to get going to get through the day, we will not abandon you. That is a promise. We'll not leave you to face these challenges alone. We're going to get through this. We're going to get through it together. And we're going to build a healthcare system 
that puts you and your families first and that every American can be proud of. I want to thank you all for listening. May God bless you. May God keep you safe in this COVID environment. And may God protect our troops. Good afternoon. Today, the Supreme Court heard arguments in a case that could strike down the Affordable Care Act in its entirety. If the Supreme Court agrees with the opponents of the act, their decision could take health care away from 20 million Americans. It could take away protections for more than 100 million people with pre-existing conditions in our country and hurt the millions of Americans who have come to rely on the Affordable Care Act. Getting rid of the Affordable Care Act will take us backward to a time when people could charge a woman more for her health care than they could charge a man, simply because she's a woman, to a time when pregnancy could be considered a pre-existing condition. It will take away free birth control and contraceptive coverage for women. This is all happening at a moment when our country is suffering through a pandemic that has claimed more than 238,000 lives. And we all know that if the Affordable Care Act is struck down, communities of color would be hit particularly hard, black, Asian, Hispanic, and Native American, because they are at a greater risk of pre-existing conditions from asthma to diabetes to lupus. And they are also three times as likely to contract COVID-19 and twice as likely to die as others. Now, I know we all know that we just had an election in America, an election where health care was very much on the ballot. Our country had a clear choice in this election. Each and every vote for Joe Biden was a statement that health care in America should be a right and not a privilege. Each and every vote for Joe Biden was a vote to protect and expand the Affordable Care Act, not to tear it away in the midst of a global pandemic. And Joe Biden won the election decisively with more votes than have ever been cast in American history. It amounts to 75 million voices and counting calling on the Supreme Court to see this case for what it is, a blatant attempt to overturn the will of the people. And the president-elect and I cannot let that happen. And now it is my honor to introduce president-elect Joe Biden. All right, folks, joining me right now is Dr. Leon Madougal, president of the National Medical Association, and Dr. Patrice Harris. She's president of the American Medical Association. Dr. Harris, I want to I start with you. Um, uh, the Supreme Court arguments were quite interesting because some justices basically said that, hey, Congress, you want us to do your work and overturn this. That's not really what our job is. Your assessment of today's oral arguments from the Supreme Court. Roland, first of all, thank you for uh, having me on. And we have had a tradition, uh, transition at the AMA. I am now immediate past president, but uh, so honored to be on your show. And to talk about this very important topic, we know uh, that the Affordable Care Act has been instrumental in millions, as President-elect Harris said, gaining coverage. Uh, we know that people without health insurance live sicker and die younger, forego medical care. Um, 
unable to pay for their medications or other treatments uh, recommended by their physicians. So although, you know, we should uh, and should not try to predict what the ultimate outcome will be, the questions uh, today, at least in my mind, demonstrated that um, the justices are going to be reluctant in overturning uh, this law. Uh, but we will have to see. But that is one uh, reason this gains in coverage for the uninsured and all of the protections. And as you know, Roland, I am a psychiatrist, and so many more people have been able to gain access to mental health care, care for substance use disorders, because of the Affordable Care Act. That's why the AMA filed an amicus brief. Uh, so based on the questions today, it looks like it will be upheld. Uh, but certainly, we will all have to keep the pressure on, because uh, this law, uh, overturning this law would be devastating. Oh, and, and that, and Dr. McDougall, that really is something that, that's here. And what's amazing is Republicans have done everything they could uh, to overturn this, to get rid of it, but they've offered no, no, no alternative. And this whole idea of, oh, let's overturn the law first and then we'll come up with something. So the American public, we've got nothing to compare it to. It's literally the Affordable Care Act or nothing. So, Roland, I want to bring to attention that the Affordable Care Act is still in existence. And this uh, administration has cut the advertisement budget for the Affordable Care Act. So I would ask that uh, people interested in learning more about how to sign up go to getamericacovered.org. GetAmericaCovered.org. Dot org because this administration cut the advertisement budget. Well, but, but again, no, they, 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 they cut it because they wanted to choke it off. But again, they have had more than 50 votes to get rid of it. To date, the Republican Party has not offered an extensive replacement plan. Donald Trump has lied for five years saying, I got a plan, I got a plan, it's coming next week. It's coming in two weeks. It's coming in three weeks. It's coming next month. I'm going to sign it next month. And they've done nothing. Kaylee McEnany presented Leslie Stahl of 60 Minutes, this huge book of their health plan. It wasn't a health plan. It was different executive orders and other stuff. It wasn't an actual health plan. So, Roland, you have been so insightful in cutting through all the nonsense you uh, is. You're, you're bringing an unfiltered viewpoint on these uh, tactics to confuse the people. So I commend you on bringing such important topics uh, to the table because uh, 20 million people uh, losing their health insurance during a global pandemic is heartless and uh, unexplainable. It's uh, a lack of leadership. Um, Dr. Harris, the, the reason this is a huge deal, first of all, we talk about 20 million Americans. Uh, but we're talking about young folks who are still covered on their parents' insurance. We're talking about even how we've had uh, Medicaid expansion, where we had a rural hospitals shutting down in this country, uh, and how it has impacted folks. Many folks who voted for Trump, who voted for Republicans, really voting against their own economic interests. I remember 2016, where the, the, the previous governor of Kentucky, was absolutely against Medicaid expansion. He was against the Affordable Care Act. And I remember he was a Tea Party guy. And I remember these white folks in Kentucky voted for him. And then they came back and they voted for him and Trump and then said, man, I sure hope uh, uh, they don't mess with our Affordable Care Act. 
They hated Obamacare, but they love the Affordable Care Act. That shows you how, how disinformation and messaging can completely obscure reality. Roland, we saw that with the Affordable Care Act and when they branded it Obamacare, it was not popular. But when you ask people specifically about the proposals or if you would call it the Affordable Care Act, there was a lot of support. And we know that so many people of all uh, races have benefited from uh, the expansions in health care coverage for the Affordable Care Act. But, Roland, it's also similar to how um, we have made masks a partisan issue. And that is so unfortunate because uh, making sure that folks have the coverage that they need, that young folks stay on their uh, parents' insurance, that people aren't filing medical or bankruptcies due to medical debt. These are nonpartisan issues. Mass wearing is a nonpartisan issue. And that's why I'm glad you're talking about this tonight on your show. I know Dr. McDougall and I are always working to make sure that people get accurate information. And there's no question uh, that people uh, can have more opportunities for living healthier lives uh, with the expansion caused by the Affordable Care Act. Uh, Dr. McDougall, how, how critical is the Affordable Care Act for African Americans? What have we seen, the benefits of this, uh, since it became law on the health of black folks? Uh, the health of black people uh, has improved. And I'm going to point out another uh, issue. So what states haven't adopted the Affordable Care Act? So states that we live in, uh, Mississippi, uh, Georgia, Florida, Texas, North Carolina, Tennessee. So there's still more opportunity to provide preventive services and insurance from the communities uh, we hail from. My dad's from Mississippi. My mom's from Alabama. So if we were still living there, we wouldn't have access to affordable health care. Uh, the, the thing that really jumps out at me here, uh, Dr. Harris, is that um, in 2004, I filed for bankruptcy due to uh, having massive health care costs. More than 60% of Americans who file for bankruptcy they filed because of health-related health issues. And the Affordable Care Act, once it was passed, led to a dramatic decrease in health-related bankruptcy uh, filings because you were covered and pre-existing conditions were always covered and the insurance companies could not screw you over and drop you because of it. And that's so important. We do talk about certainly our health, but our economic health is important. And you raised the point about the number of bankruptcies caused by uh, medical debt. And we saw those decrease dramatically um, after the enactment of the Affordable Care Act. And by the way, we all know there is some synergy when you're talking about uh, your financial health as well as your overall health. And so clearly uh, we made such gains regarding health, regarding our economic health with the Affordable Care Act. And I'm so glad you you raised that issue. Oh, Dr. McDougall, a final comment for you. Uh, Dr. Harris uh, brings up an excellent a, a point. And so speaking to that, so if that goes away, 135 million people in the U.S. have pre-existing illnesses. So it's a free-for-all. There's no uh, safety net. 
it really causes a wild, wild west as far as insurance is concerned, and that's tragic. All right. Dr. McDougal, who leads the National Medical Association, Dr. Harris, who leads the American Medical Association, we appreciate both of you. Thank you so very much for joining us. Thank you. Uh, all right, folks, and I want to go to uh, our panel. Uh, joining us right now, Dr. Julian Malvo, President, Emer excuse me, President Emerita, Bennett College, also an economist, Kelly Bethea, communication strategist, Joseph Pinion, Republican uh, strategist and political commentator. Uh, Joseph, I want to start with you. More than 50 votes. Votes, votes, votes. Donald Trump keeps promising, I got a plan, 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 got a plan. Ain't seen it. Haven't seen it. Republicans keep saying... They got a plan. Where is it? And so here's the deal. If you're the American public, I might want to be able to see a plan before um, I really know what you're trying to do. They want to kill it and have nothing to offer for it. Look, here's the, the truth. Obviously, President Trump has been in office for uh, the better part of four years now. Uh, we had the initial push when President Trump first took office. We had fat repeal, skinny repeal, Graham Cassidy repeal. None of the repeals um, did any of the things the Republicans were actually opposed uh, to the Affordable Care Act in the first place, which was to try to lower the premium costs, um, while at the same time trying to hopefully increase the breadth of coverage. Uh, so I think, to your point, it, it, it is with merit. Uh, that obviously voters should be allowed to see plans uh, before they are asked to go into a voter booth um, and, and act in blind trust. Uh, so th I think there, there is, that is a strong argument to make. I think the reality that we face in American politics today um, is that people say, vote for me today and I'll show you the plan tomorrow. And I think that that is a bipartisan problem that we see in American politics today. But to your point, when it comes to the issue of health care, particularly on the, on, the, uh, on the backside of a global pandemic or perhaps in the midst of a global pandemic, because we're still dealing um, with the impacts of COVID today as rates go up, um, there are precipitously higher numbers of individuals who are going to have pre-existing conditions. Um, and the word of President Trump or the word of any president um, that don't worry, we'll take care of you, um, clearly at this point is no longer sufficient. I mean, Julian, here's what's just laughable about this here. Donald Trump has given interviews to numerous people. Chris Wallace, oh, in two weeks. I'll be signing in two weeks. Stephanopoulos, oh, oh, uh, it, it'll be next week. Just lying. Just straight up lying. And then during the debates, he's like, oh, no, I got a health plan. We, uh, 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 we, 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 uh, we killed the individual mandate. That's it? That, that, that's your plan? I mean, he's a liar. He's presented nothing at all. Well, you know, my grandmother used to say, why tell the truth when a lie will do? And there it is. He's been lying since he's been in office. They've documented more than 20,000 lies that he's told. But this is probably one of the most pernicious because he keeps saying he has a plan. We haven't seen it. If there's a plan, it should have been put in legislative form, presented to the Congress and to the Senate, and passed as legislation. We haven't seen that. I don't know what Avar, the HHS uh, secretary, does, um, but he certainly, that might be where a plan would germinate from, but he certainly hasn't, hasn't said anything. Um, and so in the middle of this COVID crisis, you have to argue that health care is necessary. No one has said whether having COVID, which now... Uh, more than 20 million people have had 200,000, 230,000 people dying. Is COVID going to be a pre-existing condition? I mean, this is this man has been a joke for the better part of four years, and he remains a joke. 
And the, the only hope we have here is that those Supreme Court justices, the three, um, uh, Barrett, um, Roberts, and um, the other one. Alito. You got, you look, you got Kavanaugh, uh, Roberts, Alito. Uh, you got uh, Clarence Thomas as well. And you, so and you got looks, Gorsuch. So it looks like this thing may actually survive. I mean, I love what Robert said, you know, about that's not our job. You know, the truth is that if the Republicans want to get rid of the Affordable Care Act that badly, they need to come up with legislation that provides a solution. But they've had time. They haven't done it. They don't know how to do it, quite frankly. And that's, there we have it. However, you know, they say you get born all night and joy comes in the morning. Uh, I think that President-elect Biden is going to be time enough for them around this health issue. Kelly, Bob lies here. The Republicans have no plan. And what gets me is all these broke-ass white folks <laughs> running after them, voting for them, and I'm going... Um, if there's probably the most important issue facing you, yeah, it's going to be health care. I mean, you can see them be concerned all you want to about abortion. You can be concerned all you want to about the Second Amendment and your gun. But if your ass stroke out, that don't mean a damn thing. You might want to have a health care plan other than relying on the emergency room. And that's what a lot of people... Uh, especially that demographic that you just described, have to go through if anything happens to them. If they so much as sneeze and they don't have health insurance, they have to go to the emergency room. But bottom line is, for these people who are so against Obamacare but are so for, you know, constitutional rights and, you know, tradition, et cetera, et cetera, you cannot even exercise your right to, li to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness if you're dead. And what <laughs> the ACA does is protect you, essentially, from death. And it also helps you exercise your right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, because it helps preserve your health. So it is incredibly frustrating to me for the people who actually need it the most not see that point, but also on the Republican end, the people who are supposed to know all of these points they should also know that their job is to legislate. Legislate meaning make law. They are trying to put that onus onto a body of government that is not designed to make law. And what you heard in Justice Roberts' uh, comments today is frustration. Once again, they are coming to the court. Make up this law for us because we can't do it on our own. But the problem is they can't do it on their own because they're wrong. You cannot just take out a, a safety net for millions of Americans without a backup plan, especially in the middle of a pandemic, especially when most of your base is relying on said safety net being Obamacare. So they just aren't... The, the cognitive dissonance is just right there. And it's incredibly frustrating to everybody involved, even the Republicans for not getting what they want out of the court. They, uh, the court is frustrated with the fact that the legislation isn't doing its job and millions of Americans are about to be frustrated and are frustrated right now because people just aren't doing their jobs the way that they are supposed to be done. And it's all because the word Obama is in one mm -hmm. of their basic rights. 
Let me just be but real. I, I, I don't think it's the because the word Obama. Was yes, it is, Joseph. I think Joseph. I, it's not Joseph. I, I think, Joseph. Look, Joseph. Joseph. I mean, hold, hold on. Joseph. Hold on. 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 You're going to say that there are plenty of people across this country, well documented, who are in favor of the affordable care. No, that's care. not what I was going to say. That's uh, not what I was going to say. No, what I was going to no, what I, no, Joseph, Joseph, that's not what I was going to say. What I was going to say is this here. Let me explain to people where the phrase Obamacare originated from. There were pol there, there were focus groups that were done by the Republicans to figure out how to oppose the Affordable Care Act. So, for instance, there used to be a thing called the estate tax. Republicans, folks like Frank Luntz, did focus groups, and they said, let's not call it the estate tax. Let's call it the death tax. Right, but well, you no, know, no, Republicans no, are the only ones that run focus No, 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 no. <laughs> Follow me here. But, but, it was but it was Republicans who specifically had the focus groups to figure out how can we change the language, the narrative on the Affordable Care Act? So what did they do? They settled on Obamacare. And what they decided is that if we put Obama's name in it, it doesn't matter what the bill is. This is what it's going to come down to, which is why I was one of the people, because Democrats were like, oh, Sure, Obama cares. I was like, no, y'all are actually grabbing their their disinformation and is weaponizing against yourself. That's why when you can go on the streets and ask people, it happened in Kentucky, Joseph. They said, uh, we, do you support? We, they said they asked them, do you support the uh, or oppose Obamacare? Oh, I'm against Obamacare. Do you support the Affordable Care Act? Oh, I love it. It's the same thing. The word you, Obama is the the key word. You you have you have to understand. First of all, there. Any time you say the word Obama, you're going to have at least sixty-five to seventy percent of Republicans opposed. And something. that's why that's, they did it. Right, but that, that you're missing the point. You're, you're, there's two separate issues. There is the reasons. There are the principled reasons why people are opposed to the Affordable Care Act, and then there are the political tactics that are being leveraged to make sure that it actually be is either a undermined or b didn't come into fruition. Obviously, they weren't able to stop it from coming into fruition because they did not have the political power to do it. But subsequent to that, again, if you want to talk about things like getting rid of the of the actual individual mandate, I mean, the, the irony here is that Republicans in many ways have been hustling backwards. Uh, because they were actually able to strike down the portion of the law that inevitably would have deemed the law perhaps unconstitutional. And now they are back at the courts pleading for, you know, as you have said, for the courts to do their job when they have not proposed any solution. So, look, I, I think we could get stuck in a, in a, in a health care loop all day. I think at the end of the day, what most Americans want is to be able to make sure that they don't actually have to get, go bankrupt uh, because they get sick. I think that's what people across the political spectrum want. The issue becomes, um, what is the mechanism that's going to allow people to do that? No, actually, and I think actually, there's no issue because the Republican Party has not offered a single alternative. They have not I, put I, forth. I, if, it, if, if you're talking even, about, is that, they haven't put they, forth if, a if, single plan. I mean that, that. I mean that. That's not entirely true. I think there are, have been plans that have been put forward. They haven't actually passed them. They haven't actually leveraged political. Hold up, well, hold up, Joseph. When, when I say put forth a plan, that means pass it. Republicans control the United States Senate, right? Yeah, they have the majority. That, you're, you're at any point, at any point in the last four years, in the last six years, 
I mean, has look, a repo- I mean, no, no, no. That's I mean, my question. To, 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 At any on, point, because, Joseph, look, answer the question. I, I, just look, answer, already, Joseph. Just answer the question. I, 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 At all, any I, point I, in the last six years, has Joseph? Joseph, let me finish. Joseph. At any point in the last six years, has the Republican Party? Put a plan on the table and voted in the United States Senate at any point. Yes. When? <laughs> Are you serious? We we you, we didn't we didn't sit there when we have to have actual Senator where it, where where the late great Senator McCain is sitting there with his thumb down and we've got people no, in. No 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 no. See Joseph, you're wrong. That vote was to repeal the Affordable Care Act. That's not what, what I said. What I said oh, is, what I said is, no, no, Joseph, Joseph, repeal, repeal, Joseph, Joseph, repealing the Affordable Care Act and passing your own health plan are two different things. So, so right before he turned his thumb down, he did not see go. He did. There was not a vote for Senator Graham and Senator Cassidy to pass health care. That didn't happen. I made this up. Joseph, Joseph, has the Republican Party. Has, so, the Republican so party has the Republican Party passed? Has the Republican Party passed? They didn't pass it. Of course they haven't passed it. Uh, it. We wouldn't be here having the conversation that's been passed. That wasn't the point. And I, I think I started this entire segment by saying that there has had ample time to propose solutions and they have failed to do it. That wasn't my point. The point that I was trying to make was that at some point, we have to accept the fact that there is a there are the there are actual principled reasons why people were opposed to the Affordable Care Act, which are separate from the fact that people just hated everything Obama liked. Which, to be clear, and I agree with you yeah, there. Yeah. Just absolutely. I'm not saying yeah. that everybody opposes ACA because it says Obama. What I'm saying is a lot of people oppose ACA because it says Obama. A lot of, course. of people. And without, that without question. Out those who have a rationale behind ACA um, being in, in into play. But even what, what, still, like Roland is saying, they have not really offered an alternative. If anything, the, the reason why the ACA was upheld by SCOTUS is because of the individual mandate saying that um, it, it was a tax. And right. Republicans said, okay, it's not a tax anymore. So, but that was years ago. So basically, they just brought their solution to ACA to the court, because that was the whole reason that uh, SCOTUS said, this is on y'all, because the tax part is a legislative issue. Well, legislature, Republican at that, fixed that issue, but they still want to bring it to court because they don't want to do their job, like my original point was, and actually legislate it out of let me jump in here for just a minute, folks. There was a Republican majority in the House and in the Senate. This could have been done. They are devoid of also ideas. That. They're devoid of ideas. They're devoid of creativity. And many of them don't believe that people should have health care. I mean, notwithstanding the fact that, as Roland said earlier, 60% of bankruptcy have to do with medical debt. Notwithstanding the fact that COVID is hitting us very hard, they don't think that people should have health care. They're more interested in the insurance companies than in people. They're more interested in basically profit than in people. And so, you know, Joseph, you can go around the mulberry bush if you want to about a full, you know, about whatever you said. You said it three times, so that made me forget. But um, 
You can go around the mulberry bush as many times as he wants to. But the bottom line is that Roseman is right. When we saw all, all this proof, people don't like Obamacare. They do like the Affordable Care Act. So we might want to know, why do they like the Affordable Care Act? What's in it for them? The main thing that people are resisting, pre-existing conditions, and 135 million Americans have pre-existing conditions, whether it's high blood pressure, diabetes, or something else. So basically, you are basically consigning another, the rest of the people to good health care and the other folks to catch as catch can, emergency room or whatever, or potential bankruptcy. Uh, may explain, explain this, and this is the deal. This, this, a record high, 62% of Americans support the Affordable Care Act. 85% Democrats, 36%. Of Republicans. Now, here's the key here. Here's the key here. 56% say it should be improved and strengthened. 20% say it should be struck down and left alone. Pre-existing conditions, 79% support health insurance protections for people right. And that's also why you conditions. saw President Trump running around the country saying, we're going to take care of people with pre-existing conditions, because he knows, as well as most Republican knows, that there is no political will for somebody who is going to consign people to a life without health care for the rest of their, their lives, which will probably be very short. So, if, so, if so still, where is his plan? Well, I got said before, the they don't have a plan. So, 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 so Republicans want to get rid of the Affordable Care Act, but they have nothing to replace it. They have nothing to replace it with. I, I think, as I said before, the, the, this notion that people should put their blind trust in politicians and say I, that, hey, you take our word for it, is should be uh, gone from the past. People should not trust politicians. Well, well the Republicans think, damn sure did. Here's what I, I know. Think, here's what I, I, I know. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. You're making it a partisan issue. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm making a partisan issue because the numbers show it's a partisan issue. It, the it, it, numbers don't lie. The issue of the issue of people saying take my word for it and not presenting a plan ahead of time is what I'm saying is not a partisan issue. So On the issue of health Republicans have done, but that's what Republicans have done. Mr. Uh, 45, soon to be ex-president, Mr. 45 has run around talking about I have a plan. I'm going to take care of you. We're going to deal with pre-existing conditions. We haven't seen a piece of legislation. We haven't seen a, a plan. We haven't seen anything. So you're right that we shouldn't take politicians' word, but. Here's the bottom line. We have a president who is just a bold-faced liar, a bold-faced liar who has been deficient on all issues concerning health. Morally deficient, fiscally deficient, and intellectually deficient. He, he, here, right here, here, right here is why this is partisan. This is, so September 2020, a morning consult poll. Right here. All voters in March... 55% supported the Affordable Care Act in September was 62%. Democrats, in March, 83% supported it in September, 25%. Is your, is your position... No, 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 no. one second, only... one second, one second. Independents, in March, 50% support, 59% support. In, but Republicans, in March, 28% supported, September, 36%. I, I dare say, I would love to actually see a poll done, do you support Obamacare 
or do you support the Affordable Care Act? We have seen. I, I, don't, ample... think I, I don't think I've, I don't think I'm arguing that point. I think with the point that I've been making is that the, this notion uh, that we have a bipartisan agreement on issues uh, that politicians on Capitol Hill can't find a way to pass legislation on um, is not unique uh, to health. I'm sorry. I, 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 hold up, Joseph. Who made that point? I made that point. That's the point I've been making. Okay, but okay, but duh. I mean, we, we obviously know we're in fractured times. But the point I'm still making is this here. Republicans can oppose the Affordable Care Act all day. Look, majority of Americans, a supermajority of Americans, support it. Support it. So why? So if they support it, why are why are they so hell bent on trying to get rid of something that 62% of Americans say I like? I think the reality is that most Americans like what the Affordable Care Act accomplishes. I think what Republicans and many people like myself have said is that the manner in which it is accomplished is not sustainable and is not consistent with what people think are the best practices for health care. So where is where is this best practices bill? Hello. Where is it? I, you, you'd have to ask the president that, as I've said okay. now for the fourth time. I, 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 look, I, I can't, I, I, I can't, I can't, look, 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 look this, this is real basic for me. This is real basic for me. This, hold on, this is real basic for me. This is real basic for me. If you tell me, look, man, the food, it ain't so good. I'd cook that food better. Okay, get your ass in the kitchen and go cook. What you're not gonna do is say the food ain't good. And then I say, get your ass and go cook. You're like, oh, no, 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 I don't cook. I don't cook. I'm just saying the food ain't no good. Well, if your ass can't improve the food, if you can't sit here and contribute to the meal, all you're doing is running your mouth. And that's what Republicans are doing. Republicans Republicans (laughs) are are making no effort. Because, first of all, when you say even improve, they don't even want to improve. They want to get rid of. They want to totally get rid of it, and I'm just still waiting. When manna from heaven is going to fall down, and then they're going (laughs) to actually present a plan. I'm just waiting. I would love to read it. I mean, again, I I, I don't think I'm saying anything different than you're saying. There there was no plan. There there should have been a plan. There wasn't one then, ain't one today, ain't going to be one tomorrow. Well, there'll, there'll be a plan because the reality is that you won't be able to win elections without one. Um, and that's no, not just healthcare. Well, you're up. talking about you're talking about climate. There's a whole some bunch, of the Republicans. There are a, there are a Joseph, of Joseph, in a lot of Republicans life. just won with no plan. Well, yeah, because at the end of the day, we figured out that people can get elected dividing people, even though pe- their neighbors agree on the issue. Well, actually, so actually, 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 actually you can get elected lying to people, and mm-hmm. they are that, so that and also. they are so gullible but, they actually fall for it. But so it, but here's the deal. Hey, look, first of all, the Supreme Court is probably going to come back in two or three months with their decision. We got lots more time to talk about it. I got to go to break. We come back. We're going to talk about uh, these crazy-ass Trump folk. I'm still trying to figure out how you won Senate seats and House seats, but those votes are good. But the same votes in the presidential race are bad. That's next to Roller Martin Filter. Utilizing what I know, I'm being able to speak about something that I used to didn't do that I can say, yeah, 
that was me, but it's okay, it's okay now because I know better now and you can too. I'm able to say that so they can relate to what I'm saying so I can capture their attention and be able to knock on their door and say, hey, you with me? And now they feel more opt to pay attention and more opt to be able to go out there and say, oh, well, just maybe, because she said, and I'm a fan of hers, so the connection is, well, okay, what do I have to lose? Because sitting at home is what you're losing out on. And a lot of them don't even know how important the vote is. It's like, well, you know what, if I don't, you know, ain't nobody gonna miss my vote until you have a 50-50 share and it's 49 and 51 and you're like, oh, then you gotta feel like an ASS and go, see. From the day we started this campaign, we made it a priority to talk to Georgians wherever you live. Herb Warnock, so good to see you Thank again. Thank you so much for doing this. So excited about your campaign. Georgia needs a senator who will stand up for health care, who will stand up for Medicare, who will stand up for our children. We need leaders who will not forget who sent them there in the first place. I think he'll stand up for me. We already voted for you. I think he'll stand up for everybody in Georgia. Augusta, Savannah, Valdosta, Columbus. They may be miles apart on the map, but the challenges we face are quite the same. You're completely behind you. Thank you so much for running. It's not about him. It's all about the people. If you elect me the next United States Senator from the state of Georgia, your agenda will be my agenda. Raphael Warnock will practice what he preaches. We're not getting that now. I'm Raphael Warnock, and I approve this message. Hey, what I'm going to work on? I'm John Ossoff, and the path to recovery is clear. First, we listen to medical experts to control this virus. Then we shore up our economy with stronger support for small businesses and tax relief for working families. And it's time for a historic infrastructure plan to get people back to work and invest in our future. We need leaders who bring us together to get this done. And that's why I approve this message. You go to prison 19. Sentence for how long? 15 years. And you're, for the first time, you're hearing this old man talk about both. Mm -hmm. What did you say? What's that? What's that? And why does that make a difference? What did he say? And he broke the averages thing down to me. About they gonna be stealing money. He said, and his thing was about people getting out. He said, man, a lot of people gonna be here that's not gonna get out because Bush is gonna come in and he gonna set off all these people's sentences just to show that he's tough on crime to get favor with whoever put him in office. <clears throat> Made sense to me once he broke it down. Then I started reading about voting and the importance of voting, just talking with them. Because these are men who probably marched for voting, probably something went wrong in their life, they still ended up in this place. But there was a lot of knowledgeable people there, and I just hung with the old cats that had all this information. Hey, man, when you get out, this is what needs to happen. This is what's not in the community. This is the reason why you're here. You know what I'm saying? You don't see it like this, you know? And I'm like, man, wow. That was, that was, that was deep, what you just said. The Republican Party and Donald Trump, boy, they are really stuck on stupid, y'all. They are losing their mind. They, they are alleging just uh, uh, voter fraud everywhere. Y'all want to see stupid? I'm gonna show y'all stupid. Kim Klaichik, the, the clueless child running for uh, who ran against Kwasi Fume, 
who got dusted. And when I say dusted, she got dusted, y'all. She lost 75% to 25%. Do y'all know that her ass literally sent a tweet out saying that, uh, oh my goodness, uh, I, I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to appeal, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to appeal my race uh, because uh, surely uh, that's why I lost because of, because of voter fraud. Boo, you ain't lose because voter fraud. You lost because you a fraud. In fact, y'all, look at this dumbass tweet. She said, first of all, Trump tweeted, um, uh, he, he quoted some poster in Britain. She goes, agreed, I beat my opponent on day of an in-person early voting along with absentee. However, 97,000 mail-in ballots were found in his favor. Luckily, we raised enough money to investigate. Julian. That young lady this, is These the... people, but it's... Wait a minute. The fool who lost to Karen Bass. It got worse. Let me find this tweet. Let me find... Again, first of all, these, these are people who are really stuck on stupid. That's a kind but, of thing but, you but, can but, 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 but what gets me is, what gets me with, with these fools, this one dude, I, I got to find this one, hold on. Because same thing, this fool right here, this fool right here, hold on, let me go back, I had it, let me go. It's really, it really is funny how they, they try to, so this fool, Errol Weber, go, go to my iPad. I'm going to the Los Angeles County Registrar's Office in Norwalk today to audit the vote counting procedures I will not concede. Every legal vote needs to be counted. Um, really? no, no, wait, 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 wait. Do y'all want to know how many votes he got? Y'all, Karen Bass whooped his ass with 86.4% of the vote. He got 13.6%. Does this fool really want us to believe <laughs> that... Uh, he, he gonna pick up some 200,000 votes somewhere. You got the entire congressional delegate, Republican congressional delegation from Georgia basically saying to the governor, the lieutenant governor, secretary of state, y'all lying. They actually want the head of elections in Georgia to quit. It, Julian, these people are nuts. That, like I said, Roland, that's the kindest thing you could say about them. They're delusional. But one of the things, I'm glad you mentioned the Baltimore race as well as Karen Bass's race. We could also talk a bit about Maxine Waters' race. I don't know where these Republicans come trolling for ignorant black people. But that's literally what they do. They go trolling for ignorant black people who do not know how to add, nor count, nor read. Baltimore is historically and traditionally uh, Democratic. I, I mean, I understand having a symbolic candidate in the race just cause, uh, but I don't. How this young lady thought she had a chance, a snowball's chance, of getting anything done is amusing to me. Same thing with this. So you have thirteen percent of the vote, and you think that somehow there was voter fraud. I don't.
don't think so. Kelly, somebody on YouTube said these people have overdosed on mayonnaise. <laughs> That's a good one. Kelly, I, 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 don't, I mean, this, this, this whole idea that there's this massive voter fraud... Donald Trump has been screaming voter fraud when he got his behind kicked by Hillary Clinton by 3 million votes. His ego cannot handle he lost the popular vote. That's all this is. And the real problem is <clears throat> Republicans are indulging his stupidity. They're afraid well, of it. Kelly? Well, my issue is if the tables were turned miraculously and somehow Miss Kim actually won anything in Baltimore, and and the Democratic uh, nominee wanted to recount, this would not be the issue. You know what I'm saying? Like, if the tables were turned and, and, and there were votes that were in need to be counted, they would not be having this. It it's always, if I'm at a disadvantage, then something must be wrong. And it, it's incredibly frustrating to me, and I'm sure it is to the American people, when you see with your own eyes people who are literally working to cheat and not working for the people. Because this is this is actively trying to cheat. And that's what's also funny to me. You're failing at cheating. So what makes you think that you deserve an office outright on its merit when you fail to do the wrong thing right? So he just <laughs> needs to take her bag and, and go somewhere. Because if I'm not mistaken, I don't even think she lives in Baltimore City. First of all, first of all, first of all hold on. You, 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 you know, you, look, you ain't got to waste breath on Kim, okay? She got crushed. Here's the deal, Joseph. This, I'm, I, I need somebody who's a Republican to explain to me. How do you stand in front of the cameras and laud Republican victories that were literally on the exact same ballot, but then say, oh, oh, but in that race, they cheated. If the Democrats cheated, they are some awful cheaters because they lost the Senate race in Iowa, Kansas, Maine, North Carolina, South Carolina, Mississippi, Kentucky, Louisiana, Texas. They got, I mean, they got to be really bad at this because if you're going to cheat, I figure you might take the Senate for with you. I mean, look, we, we could have a very, you know, long conversation. I'm not going to try to crawl into the mind of crazy. Uh, but I will say this. I think that our obligation to the American process is devoid of the individual's personal motivations. And so we have an obligation to count the votes, which is what's happening. And if people want to avail themselves of the court process, uh, that is their constitutional right. And ultimately, uh, that is not a betrayal of the process. It actually makes the process stronger because, you know, as my grandfather told me at a young age, the only thing better than taking a man's money is making them count it before he gives it to you. So, look, if people think that there is fraud, we should find out about it. There's no evidence of that. None. And again, None, the process, zero, zilch. None. To be clear, to be, to you know, be clear, people, again. Wait, wait, Julian, wait, wait, wait. Robert, finish. Yeah, so, I mean, I think at the end of the day, look, it, here, here's the truth. 
there, there are going to be legal briefs that are filed. The courts will either say there is fraud or there isn't fraud. They'll say there is merit or there isn't merit. At the end of the day, either we have a country or we don't. Either we believe that we have an independent judiciary or we don't. Um, and so I think if we're talking about how do we heal this country, because we could have a long conversation about how do we get here. But if our goal is to heal, if our goal is to have enough people who have still bought into the system, um, that we have a country that works, then let people count the votes. Let people run around saying what they want to say. Because but, but, this wait, but wait, but you're saying let them count the votes. Donald Trump and his people were trying to stop the count. First of all, I want to show. I want to show this. I think there's there there are people who say let them count the votes. That people say stop counting. No, 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 Joseph, 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 the same people were saying it. Joseph, the same people were saying it. To be exactly depending on the state, depending on the favorability. I just think that we have to be. We have to have. If there are people that are saying things that are crazy. But we also have to be honest about where we sit right now. Number one, we're a severely divided country. Number two, there are things in the results that are statistically anomalous. Like what? Now, most of those statistical anomalies are likely due to the fact that we had an unprecedented amount of people vote via mail. Right. That does not mean that somebody did anything illegal. But it does mean that we're dealing with results that are not in line with previous results. How, yeah, no, of, course. of course. Yeah, of course. First of all, you can't. Again, no, hold on. Don't, 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 don't. So, no, 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 hold up. Wait a minute. You're, but you're, but it's, saying, it's not in line with previous results. But you just said because we also have mail-in balloting, so they can't right, accept. Right, they but, can't but, accept but, the reality of that. Roland, in some cases here, Roland. I mean, some but, uh, states will have an automatic recount if it's within a right. uh, half a percentage point. Um, and usually, and you, but but you you have large margins. You have tens of thousands of votes. And Arizona probably should have a recount. It's only fourteen thousand uh, votes separating uh, the two candidates. But Michigan should not have a recount because basically there's so many votes. There's so much of a lead that it's not going to make a difference. You can count till the cows come home. Every time you recount. People pick up, you pick up a vote, you lose a vote. I mean, but, because human beings but, are still counting these votes. But this this obsession that 45 has with um, recounts is really him delaying the inevitable. Here, here's he the deal. I, 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 I want to play this. The folks at The Daily Show put together this pretty great video. Because uh, if you compare what Fox News and OANN and Newsmax are saying today, just, just y'all watch this here. Democrats are being sore losers. They refuse to acknowledge they lost the election. So what do they do? They cry malfeasance, wrongdoing, criminality, fraud. Democrats, more so than Republicans, seem to have a problem conceding defeat. Either the election system broke down or some mystery votes are hiding somewhere. You have a whole series of Democrats who've just said bluntly, if our candidate doesn't win, they stole the election. The Dems just want to make America suffer. It's like losing the World Series and demanding an extra inning a day later. The Democrats are refusing to accept the declared results of the national media. So how do they do this? Lo and behold, they find missing ballots. The radical left is attacking the sanctity of our votes. Refusing to accept the midterm election results. So what if these were Republicans refusing to concede. Democrats may see how they'll be able in the future to steal elections through lawsuits you know, that they can't win with the voters. Ramping up election conspiracy theories, accusing Republicans of outright stealing the election. Kind of rich. You know what? Sounds sore loser-ish. Mm. 
Boy, that's a lot different in here in 2020. I mean, look, Roland, I, like I said, I, I think at the end of the day, there are going to be people that say things that make sense. There are going to be people that say things that don't make sense. I think the one thing that we should understand makes total sense um, is to allow the recounts to where they need to occur. I think most people that are talking about these results are talking about three states. They're talking about Pennsylvania. They're talking about Arizona. They're talking about Georgia. Uh, that is it. Uh, we don't really think that there's anything going to be made of what happens in Wisconsin or Michigan. No, not uh, true. Not true. The Trump folks. I, I think. No, no, no. You well, said look, no, no, it, no. That's not true. Here's the truth. The, no, the no, 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 no. Joseph, Joseph. That's not prevail. Joseph. Joseph. Look, I got to give look, facts. I, Joseph. I don't. I don't. I don't speak for the campaign. Joseph. Joseph. I didn't say you do, but I got to give facts. No, you said there are three. They are alleging, they are alleging six. They are saying Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada. They're saying six. What they're doing, they, they filed five lawsuits. They're 0 for 5. They're continuing to file those laws. In fact, hold up. You got to throw in seven. Minnesota. They also have Minnesota in there. And so they, they, they are trying to make the argument that, oh, it's this massive fraud. Now even, you saw what happened when Bob Barr uh, made his announcement, the head of the election integrity unit was like, this is bogus, and quit. And quit. This is, I mean, this is this is how the process works. No, no, we have no, an no. Judiciary. No, that's, we, not, that's not how it works. That, that, actually, that actually is how it works. Uh, let me ask you a question. It, it, In 2016, it, it, was 2016 closer than 2020? Yes, we're looking at seventy-eight thousand votes across three states. Did Hillary, right now. Did Hillary Clinton file? Did Hillary Clinton refuse to concede and file lawsuits in several in six states? Did also did did, did, did hold on? Did did Obama also refuse to begin the transition process? Did Obama refuse to allow intelligence briefings for Donald Trump? It ain't the same, bro. Uh, here's the thing. If you want to talk about what people chose to do, that's fine. What I'm saying is that the system works, that we have an independent judiciary, the same way that you believe that the, the, the Supreme Court will, as I do, will come back and say that this lawsuit with health care is going to be tossed out. I also believe that many of these lawsuits that will be presented are likely going to be tossed out, same as they have been already. But Filing the, filing the lawsuits in and of themselves is not some type of debasement of the political process. Actually, it, it is. is. actually the process. No, actually, it is. No, 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 no. No, no, no. no. Well, one, one second. Hold on. I got to bring in Kelly. It is a debasement of the process because what it is, what it is Kelly, is it is an out... When you have all Republicans in the Congressional District of Georgia demanding the resignation of the Secretary of State who is a Republican? Uh, that, that's, one that's second, different. one second, one second. Who is it? No, one second. Who is a Republican because he dared stand up for the election in Georgia? Kelly, that's an abomination. Not only is it an abomination, um, there are grounds to argue that that was illegal because you can't, especially when it comes to lawsuits in general, you cannot bring a lawsuit to the court without evidence. Um, otherwise, it's a frivolous lawsuit and there are repercussions for doing so. So it's not about preserving um, any type of integrity or, or trying to just make your voice heard in the court because you feel like you've been wrong. This is a clear account of Republicans perpetuating a lie to keep the propaganda going. This is nothing more than propaganda. This is nothing more than trying to substantiate a lie. 
because they are literally putting the cart before the horse. I know a lot of people have been saying that, but that's literally what this is. You have a cart without anything to drag it, and you're trying to find something to drag, and there is nothing there. There is nothing here to, uh, to substantiate these claims. There's nothing here to purport that the lies that they're saying are even remotely true. They are literally only doing this to basically make themselves feel good and to make their lies feel more legitimate, even though well, the other thing they're, they're not doing, legitimate at all. The other thing they're doing is undermining our democratic system. That's what Absolutely. they're doing. So you end up, we've had uh, 70 million votes for 45, 75 million votes for President-elect Biden. Uh, this, this is an unprecedented turnout in the United States because people um, basically work very hard to get every vote out there. Folks like Latasha Brown, Black Votes Matter, and others basically work very hard to get the votes out there. But if people believe that the system is flawed, if they believe that their votes do not count, I hesitate to think about what we'll look at in 2022 or 2024. And if people really believe that there's that much fraud, uh, then they, they may be discouraged. And that's what 45 has been counting on the whole time. He started talking fraud in April. And he's been talking every, every time he opens his mouth. He, he, you mean, he, Ray Charles can see through this. If he basically says... <laughs> You know, I mean, if he basically says the only way the election is fair is if I win, that lets you know what's wrong. And that's but why, that's, that's why, and here's, here's what I'm noticing, Joseph. Here's what I'm noticing. Here's what I'm noticing. This was just very weird. Again, I mean, I, I just think this is just very weird. They're filing lawsuits in the same races where Republicans won. <laughs> do, do you see Democrats filing lawsuits saying, hey, is voter fraud we lost in, in South Carolina? Is voter Here's fraud that we lost in Iowa? Is voter fraud that we lost in Maine? It has to be. The, the, the Republicans are literally saying, it's voter fraud that we won here, but on the exact same ballot, they fraudulent ballots. Here's what I'll say. And when I say Republicans, I mean <laughs> President whole administration, senators, House members, state officials, the entire Republican apparatus. Very few Republicans have actually said, congratulations, Vice President-elect Joe Biden. They are all, they are standing largely behind. And when I say largely, 98% are standing behind Donald Trump by saying, Oh, this was fake. It was stolen. It was fraudulent. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think most people are saying it's fake. That's not what. That's, that's not certainly what I not said. What Senator, I said. Not, well, no, no. It's kind of what you said. I think. And no, also I Senator know what McConnell I said. Didn't, on, didn't send it. I did said it other than a handful of Republicans. Handful. Hold, on, you, hold up. You, this you a hand. Said, hold up, Joseph. You, you Joseph. Joe. This a hand. This a hand. I can put them in right in the hand right here. I can put the Republicans in both of my hands. When you count Senator. Members of the United States Senate, members of the... Yesterday, Mitch McConnell stood on the floor of the Senate, Joseph. This is the Republican so is, is majority... Is a handful or no? This is the Republican leader. Stood on the floor and praised the Republicans who won on the same ballot, but then criticized it. And I'm like, it's the same ballot.
Say now. I, 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 look, I think here's, <laughs> here's the truth. They're gonna, lawsuits are going to be filed. If, to Dr. Malvo's point, that this is all just some scheme to undermine American democracy, then I don't know what would be more fitting than a appellate court packed with Donald Trump appointees and then a Supreme Court packed with Donald Trump appointees telling President Trump, you lost the game, like Shannon Sharp. I don't know what else you want. I mean, that's how the I, I, American I, system is designed to work. These people, so, uh, look, is, is Chris Metzler yeah. there? Is Chris Metzler there? I think okay, y'all, hold on one second. I'm, let me bring in Chris Kmessler, uh, constitutional law professor. Chris, seriously, I mean, uh, look, you're Republican. Can you can you provide uh, some common sense to what Republicans are doing? Uh, these Senate Republicans, these House Republicans, what Trump are doing? Any, any common sense whatsoever? Well, first of all, from a pure legal standpoint, the cases that have been filed so far have no merit, period. Um, and the courts have said that. Look, you cannot simply come into court and say voter suppression, wide-scale cheating, without evidence. Where's the evidence? And, and, and in addition to which, you cannot simply say, in the same court, stop counting the ballots, and in the same court say, you're not counting fast enough. Which is it? You cannot, in Michigan, file a case and the case is dismissed because you failed to attach the proper paperwork. Look, I, I agree you have the right to file whatever it is that you want to file, but there has to be evidence. You cannot say, as the head of the RNC, when asked, where is the evidence? And she says, give us time to develop the evidence. As a lawyer, if I went into court and did that, they'll pull my bar card. I, you, you, you can't do that. So I'm, what I'm not understanding is, if there is all of this evidence, where is it? To the extent that it exists, present it. To the extent that you have contradictory arguments, that's not going to work. And, and that, I, I just, I don't get it. I've read the briefs, I've read the pleadings, and at this point, I don't understand what's going on here. And Chris, uh, Chris in looking at this, um, again, what makes this worse is when you have individuals who should know better and, and what is it? Are, are they so deathly afraid of his tweets? Are they so afraid that his, his cult is going to come after them uh, like the purge and just and, and, and rip their hearts out and cut their uh, just just cut, cut their guts out? Is, is that what's going on here, Chris? I mean, because I'm mean, again to watch McConnell stand there and praise Republican victories, but then cashed out on the in the presidential race, like he wasn't on the same ballot. Well, so here's, here's the thing. There is some conversation about whether or not the president's going to, um, you know, say, okay, enough, but I'm going to run again in 2024. So here's the concern. The concern, if that is in fact true, is 
uh, Republicans believe that they will need his base to win again. And as a result of that, they're afraid of what's going to come down the pike. And that's, that, that, that's part of the reality in terms of the discussion. Look, from my perspective, and strictly, again, from a legal perspective, if you're going to sue, that's fine. You can sue, but you've got to have evidence. This is a toxic mix of law and politics that ultimately I don't think bodes well. Joseph, go ahead. No, I mean, I, I, look, I agree with much of what, what, what the doctor has said. I think, again, as I started off in the beginning, there is no evidence that there is widespread fraud. And to the extent that there is, they have to actually provide some evidence. That hasn't happened. So, look, I, I think to, to the doc's point also, this has been a widely chaotic process. When you end up at the wrong four seasons, um, you're already off to, to a bad start. So, look, it, it, it's just... It, I, I think, again, two things can be true at the same time. That, yes, there are people who have run races. Um, we're, we're grateful for them for running in places where we traditionally have not filed candidates because Republicans need to show up. It's time for both political parties to stop taking black votes for granted. And I think that we've seen, whether you're talking about the precipitous increase in the Latino turnout for President Trump or the precipitous rise in African-American turnout um, in this election overall, uh, that our votes are going to matter more and more. Uh, but if you're talking specifically about making sure that we're going to go through this process and come out with the unified nation that Joe Biden says that we're supposed to have, uh, then again, I think part of that means that we have to take down the temperature. We have to find a way to have respect for the people we disagree with. And I think that starts with at least acknowledging those amongst those groups who are making arguments but, that but, at least on some basic level um, are within the realm of, of respectability and also just the nature of the process in general. But Chris Metzler, how, oh, wait, 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 wait. But Chris Metzler, how do you do that when one side from the top down is the one stirring the dissension? I, I, I'm, in fact, I, I'm reading, uh, 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 there was a, uh, the Washington Post dropped this story, a Pennsylvania postal worker whose claims have been cited, is that on my iPad? I'm reading from my phone. Whose claims have been cited by top Republicans as potential evidence of widespread voting irregularities admitted to U.S. Postal Service investigators that he fabricated the allegations. According mm -hmm. to three officials briefed on the investigation and a statement from a House Congressional Committee. He made but, but, it up. Uh, just, 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 just Chris, the Chris, Chris go ahead. Uh, hold, yeah, on, hold on, Joe, I'm going to come back. But Chris, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, I mean, but this is exactly the point. You, got, you can't have any credibility with that. And if, in fact, you know, there's this thing called vetting that in some, for some reason, we haven't, we've just failed to do that right in this particular administration. Um, and then this goes to, to continue to prove that. It is difficult to do that. Look, at the end of the day, when you say that it is Democrats who are making all of this up, who are doing all of these kinds of things, and you're doing the same thing that you're accusing them of Democrats, of Democrats of doing, how can you expect to be taken seriously? This is not the way to do this. If you've got a case, bring it forward and stop with the shenanigans already. Julian, go. 
the, the, the thing about this in terms of bringing the evidence is that there is no evidence. In the postal worker story, I'm glad you mentioned it. I just saw it come across on my phone. There's another story about a blind lady who claimed that someone took her vote. These are these little incidental things. Some of these things are human error, but you're not going to turn an election on a postal worker here, a blind lady there. The fact is that, and I say it, I'll say it as often as Joseph said, makes his point. Trump lost. <laughs> Trump lost. <laughs> Trump lost. And it just can't get through his head. There was something in People magazine, not that I read it regularly today, from Ivana Trump who say he hates to lose and he'll do everything he can to keep from losing. So we've seen this. But even as we see this, we know that there's some, some flaws in the system that need to be worked out. Mail-in voting has always worked. and It always has a few little problems. We still haven't counted the overseas votes. I mean, they may not have all come in. The, the, Mr. 45 says he values the military, kind of. Well, shouldn't their votes count, too? But the fact is that he doesn't value the military. He doesn't value his own constituents. And we're stuck with a situation where Joe Biden has to figure out how to make us less divided. But how could we be less divided when 70 million people, and I'm not saying they're all racist, but 70 million people voted for, frankly, a doofus. Kelly, one of the ways we are able in this country, one of the ways we're able to sort of set things aside is when we accept we accept mm -hmm. decisions. What you have here is a is Donald Trump and a party who's saying Shh, the hell with any sense can the hell with all norms. We are rejecting all. For them, Donald Trump is literally refusing to allow intelligence briefings of Joe Biden, even though the election has been called for Joe Biden. That, that, that is, when you talk about, first of all, candidates get intelligence briefings. He's like, nah, not gonna happen. Talk about petty. This, this is a whole nother level. I get what Joseph is saying. I agree with, one of the reasons that he, look, I'll never forget the video backstage, Kelly, of the inauguration when Hillary Clinton She's standing there and she's girding herself. And she takes this really deep breath because she's about to walk through a door that she thought she was going to be walking through as president of the United States. And the fact that that woman could still go to the inauguration in her capacity as a former first lady of the United States, that says you put mm -hmm. country over petty, over party, over person. There is nothing about Donald Trump says that he would actually have that level of integrity. Kelly, go ahead. Well, the reason that Hillary Clinton was able to do that is because she is gracious. She has integrity. She is an American. She understands what it means to be American, what it means to be a politician, what it means to be a servant to the people. Donald Trump did not come into this office with any of those values, with any of those thoughts, with any of what I just listed in mind. He came in for him. That's it. Making America great again for him. That was the caveat to his slogan that people just failed to, to reiterate and express outright and explicitly. 
So it does not surprise me that Trump is doing this. It does not surprise me that Hillary Clinton had that much grace that day. I can tell you right now, I would like to think I'm a very gracious person. I can tell you right now, it couldn't be me. It could not be me, but it was her, but it will not be Trump. So what we need to do as Democrats and as Americans is to hold him as accountable as we can, given the circumstances. Because what's happening right now is that he is trying to burn everything down with him in it, if necessary, just so that Biden does not succeed. That is what it means to be a coward. That is what it means to be treasonous to this country. And honestly, at the end of the day, that's what it means to be Trump, because that is who he is. That is what he does. Nothing that is happening right now that he is doing should surprise anyone, because we've had at least five years, even before he became president, to just have a glimpse, a taste of what he's capable of. And now we're actually receiving it. And so Chris, we need to be ready for what happens next. Chris, I want to read this here. Uh, the lieutenant governor of Texas, Dan Patrick. I I've known Dan for a long time. And you want to talk about an idiot? <laughs> Look at this here. Dan Patrick is offering he'll pay up to a million bucks to encourage and reward those who report voter fraud. If info leads to arrest conviction for voter fraud, expect at least 25000 he says. Uh, it's never a good idea, Chris, to be an elected <laughs> official and offer money for somebody to come and present voter fraud. It's a dumb idea. <laughs> I mean, I, as an elected official, you're saying that. And again, I go back to what you have all this evidence. Why you have to pay people to bring the evidence forth? Uh -huh. Do you have it or do you not have it? And as an elected official, for you to be essentially offering, a, you know, a bounty. Where they do that at? <laughs> it, it is, it, it, <laughs> jo Joseph. Uh, it, Joseph, it is pretty. It, it is pretty sad <laughs> to see the sheer desperation of people who you thought. I mean, it, you look at how pathetic a Lindsey Graham is. I mean, how pathetic. I, I guess he went on Sean Handy's show. I, I'm contributing five hundred thousand or something like that uh, because we, we've got to get to the bottom of this voter fraud. Lindsay, sit your ass down. You won by fourteen points. I mean, look. I, I think at the end of the day, we're spending a lot of time talking about what President Trump has, whether it's grace, lack of grace, the uh, elected officials. I think. To me, I'm more focused on the people than the politicians. And I think if there is any chance that we're going to be able to galvanize enough people to be able to see that, yes, the 70 million votes cast for President Trump were fair and just, and the 74 million plus votes that were cast for former Vice President Joe Biden, now presumably going to be President-elect uh, Joe Biden, were also just and valid, then it's going to take uh, the grace of us as a nation of people to be able to say, you want us to recount the votes in, in Georgia, we'll recount the votes for you. There's going to be an automatic recount anyway. You want to recount in Pennsylvania, we'll recount the votes. There's likely going to be a, a recount there anyway. I think it's about 0.6 of a percent right now, the difference between uh, Joe Biden and President Trump, Arizona, um, even, even a smaller margin. So I, I think, again, being able to demonstrate that the process works, um, mm -mm. that you go from 
from case to case, um, it, whether these cases get tossed out on their face, because as Dr. Metzl says, you have to actually have evidence to present cases. This is all a, a reinforcement of American democracy at its finest, even if the people who are executing the plays are not acting in the best model of American behavior. Julian, final comment on this. This is where leaders lead. This, we is, have where, this is where leaders lead. We've known since he came on the national scene as a presidential candidate in 2012, I believe, we've, we've known that Donald Trump was not wrapped too tight. What we, somebody needs to just get a straitjacket and walk him out of the White House. But two, two quick things. Number one, instructing the GSA not to cooperate after we have a nominee, I mean, a, an elected president, is ridiculous. The GSA has not made any transition funds available. Number two, to have um, them tell the department heads, prepare your budget as if Trump is still the president. This is just delusional. This is totally delusional, but it's where we are. It's literally where we are. And I hope that the American people, Democrat and Republican, are paying attention to this man and the damage he's done to our democracy. Uh, I go to my next story here. Today, the Senate will vote on yet another white male judge nominated by Donald Trump. With more than a month left until the new administration is in place, Mitch McConnell will try to get as many judges as possible on the federal bench. Um, Chris, you're Republican. Joseph, you're Republican. Seriously? Damn near 220 judges? One black person? <laughs> I mean, yeah. look, we, we have a, a real what? lack of diversity problem in the... <laughs> Hold uh, on, no, no. Talking about There's a diversity problem and one... Out of 220? No, it, 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 it is completely, and I've said this before and before and before, and obviously nobody's listening to what I'm saying. Um, it's more than a diversity problem. It's a systemic problem. Listen, I, you know, I always have to say to the party, uh, criminal justice is cute. Um, and it has its place, but as it relates to the persons who are making those decisions in the first place, don't tell me you can't find any. Where did you look? Under a rock? Because I got 700 I can give you right now. Here's my deal. Here, here, here's my deal, Joseph. 1% is 2. Mm-hmm. They ain't even at 1%. Right. I mean, look, I mean, there are a lot of people that pretend that somehow Clarence Thomas is the only qualified black man to sit on the, sit on the court. Um, he is not. And so I, I think at, at some basic point, I mean, even, you know, even the, the choice of Amy Comey Barrett, I think that we had a, a well-qualified judge sitting down in Florida that for a lot of reasons probably would have been a better choice uh, than she was. But look, at the end of the day, uh, this it is what it is on, on some basic level. I mean, we're all, we're at some point, we're just talking about derivatives of the same problem um, that we've all been talking about on some basic level for the last four and a half years. Um, so it, look, at some point, you just have to accept the fact that um, when it comes to getting the type of representation uh, that we deserve in government um, as it relates to the type of diversity of thought and diversity of opinions and diversity of, 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 of representation, we're just not going to get it. Uh, but see, here's the deal, though. See, Kelly, this is kind of, this is by design. They want, and, and Mitch McConnell said, they want 
35 to 45-year-old, largely white men. This is by design. This ain't, this ain't no accident. No, it's not by accident. Nothing that this uh, Republican legislature has done, especially the Senate, nothing they have done is by accident or by happenstance. All of this is deliberate. When you have a white, male, very right-leaning judge on the bench, you have a tendency to basically work against the interests of every other demographic um, in, in the American constituent. Like, Black women are considered, people of color of either gender aren't considered, youth typically aren't considered. No one's considered except rich white men when you have that kind of person on any bench, uh, federal or otherwise. And when you when that happens, you you come up against some really terrible law that gets made by way of case law. And and that's how we get Trump. That's how we get Mitchell uh, McConnell's. Uh, it, it it it's sad the way that this Congress, well, this Senate specifically, really does not care about the people who voted for them because not even they are going to be taken into consideration with these appointments. It is literally solely for self-interest alone. Uh, Julian, uh, again, I think what you're dealing with here is you're dealing with the Federalist Society. Uh, look, they, they, look, Mitch, Mitch McConnell and Republicans, they want white men ruling in these federal cases. They ain't looking for no black folks. They ain't looking for Latinos. They ain't looking for white women. They want white men. Exactly. And you know, Roland, this just big, you know, we got to go back in history to look at what happened after Reconstruction and to look at the way the laws were stacked against black people. Now they're stacked against people. I mean, when you look at what they've done to the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, when you look at just any number of things that they've done, 45 is in with all of his buffoonery because he's delivering to Republicans what they want. They wanted a white male judiciary. They want a conservative judiciary. They want an anti-abortion judiciary. Uh, they wanted... Um, they, they wanted to go back to the 1950s. Make America Great Again is a slogan that says, let's go back to the day when, you know, Kizzy was in the kitchen and, um, you know, Kunta was in the fields. That's what they want. And basically, McConnell has been able to effectuate that. And 45 isn't making these choices, as you said, Roland. The Federalist Society is. So with them, so wonder, are there any black people in the Federalist the Society? So, so with that, I'm just, I'm just curious, Joseph and, and Chris, I'll ask you, this is the last question on this topic before I go to the break. Why haven't black Republicans as a collective said something publicly and say, hey, how in the hell can we talk about the party being diverse, and we want to go after black, and you've only been able to find one black federal judge. Have, has, has, has there been any conversations among black Republicans saying we should speak as one voice publicly? Uh, I mean, yeah, go ahead, Chris. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I look, I, I think I can speak for myself. I think plenty of, of, of black Republicans have, have said things publicly about the lack of diversity that started before. That wasn't my question. It wasn't my question. This is not. It wasn't my question. It wasn't my question. I mean, the question is to say I'd go out there and, and speak collectively. I think black people have spoken. No, no. Where? 
Where? No, are you are you telling me that black you... Republicans have spoken as a collective, uh, uh, saying uh, the lack of diversity, the lack of black federal judges is wrong, and they want to see more black uh, black judges considered by Republicans for the federal bench? When? Well, I, uh, I missed that. I mean. I mean, and to be clear, I mean, no, I don't think that we've seen the type of engagement when it comes to black people demanding more color uh, on the bench, but I don't think that, that was that my is question. A, yeah, I, but I don't think that that's a, a partisan issue. I, I think specifically. Yes, think it that, is. Look, I, I don't, I don't I, think I, that we've... Black, black folks have been... Are you trying to say black folks haven't demanded that for Democrats? I, what, I, what I'm trying to explain to you is the fact, number one, we need more color on the bench, period. Number two, we certainly need more black black men, black women on the bench uh, just across the board. That's at the federal level. That's at city levels. That's, that's, just, that's just a given. We know this uh, concretely. What I'm saying is that I, th there's, number one, an actual a schism, if you say, within the black Republican conservative movement as a whole right now as a result of what's happened over the last four years. So that's a completely separate issue. And I think as a general rule, any conversation that we've actually had over the last four years has been dwarfed um, by the fact that we are living in a 24-7 Trump news cycle um, that basically it basically drives anything else you'd want to talk about um, out of the, you know, the public opinion. Hey, hey, hey Joseph, so, Chris, Joe, but Chris, I ain't even heard it come our way and we ain't in the happened. Trump cycle. Chris, go ahead. No, there, there, there has not been that conversation in part due to what Joseph said. Look, in this administration, um, this administration has been, as it relates to um, black people in particular, more fascinated with entertainers than substance. And so what you've seen are a number of so-called new black conservatives um, who have, you know, soaked up a lot of the oxygen in the room to no avail. And like I have told a number of them, you can't expect black people to join the party when you're telling black people how stupid, ignorant, and uneducated they are, and they need to leave the so-called black plantation. And as a result of that, the conversation of a number of very reasonable, true black conservatives have been muted. And as a matter of fact, I am sure that after this show, I am receiving significant hate mail about that. But you know what? The difference between me and a number of people who run in that circles, I don't need anything from any administration, period, end of story. So I'm going to say what I got to say. All right. Dr. Chris Metzler, I surely appreciate the man. Thank you so very much for joining us. My pleasure. Go on to a break. We come back. We'll talk Pfizer and their promising vaccine for coronavirus. That is next. Plus, crazy-ass white person. Ooh, a Republican in Pennsylvania. Did he send out the wrong tweet under his main account? Does he have a burner account where he pretends to be a black gay Republican? <laughs> Wait till I explain on Roller Martin Unfiltered. So because of friendships like yours, that's what made me figure out that, you know, my vote did matter and that it was important for me to vote and, and get out there, even if I wasn't doing everything, you know, perfectly, just trying. 
and then learning from the mistakes, whatever mistakes that I mm. made, and trying again and getting better the next time that I went out to vote or to speak about something, you know, political. That's the start. That's the way that we do it because we can't go back and undo, like, I can't go back in time and make myself be at the poll no. when I wasn't. So that's why, that's where but the civic piece comes in. Nah. But I can start now. And that's what, you know, I started when I started. And now I, I'm a part of more, you know, political drives to get other people to vote. I'm not the world's smartest when it comes to politics. I'm the first to admit that. I'm not even the second or third. But <laughs> I'm trying, and I think that that's, that's really the message here. You know, get out and vote because it does matter. Your vote absolutely matters. Nineteen eighty-two, a twelve-year-old is accused of stealing and dragged out of store, told he looked suspicious because his hands are in his pockets. I'm Raphael Warnock, and that boy was me. Back then, I didn't understand how much the system works against those without power and money, that the rules were different for some of us. Too often, that's still true today, especially in Washington. I approve this message because it's time for that to change. I'm John Ossoff, and too many are struggling to afford prescriptions. One change in the law would make a huge difference. See, Medicare is America's biggest buyer of prescriptions, but the drug companies bought off Congress, and they made it illegal for Medicare to negotiate lower prices. It's straight-up corruption. Fighting corruption is my job. I approve this message because I'm not taking donations from corporate PACs, and I won't let the drug companies rip us off anymore. The numbers prove it. Mm. Millennials are the largest group in America. They're now larger than baby boomers. And if, if you don't use your power, they will run you over. Completely. And I think that's why what we're seeing so much, especially when you look at you know who's controlling the country and how the country is being controlled, it is because you know the powers that be and those that know how the system works are taking advantage of the system for their own interests. So part of it when it comes to this millennial generation is education got to understand why it's so important, understand what's really at stake. So the things that you're seeing, that they may be seeing right now that make you angry, here's how you can affect change. And what I love is that what you're seeing, what's coming out of Parkland, you know, is these, this, these younger group, you know, of millennials becoming much more politically savvy, much more politically activated and organized. Right. Organization is key. It's like, you know, an ant by itself can't do anything, but ants working together, you know, can do things well beyond their own capacity. And I think the same thing goes for this younger generation to become united and activized on what's happening. And what I love what you're seeing right now is that when you look at a Taylor Swift, right, or you look at a Rihanna, or you look at those like a Kerry Washington, this generation, which gets so much inspiration from entertainment, mm -hmm. You know, this generation is influenced. I mean, it, every generation has their influence. Yep. But I would argue, by and large, when you talk about Harry Belafonte or you talk about, you know, how it was, you know, in the 60s, 70s, and even 80s, there was, you know, you had the entertainers, you, you had the church, you had the activists. In our day and time, you know, the church is somewhat oh, losing its, its, its influence. Entertainment influence is growing. The activists are losing their influence. So where do most, you know, this younger generation go? They go to entertainment. You know, and so the influencers entertainment can actually move the needle. And when you see people be, become active, I love how this younger group of people are saying, wait a minute. We don't like what just happened with Kavanaugh. We're going to do something about it. We don't like the fact that there's no gun control. We're going to do something about it. And I do think that as tragic as these events are, they are becoming more galvanizing to get this younger group of voters, which is so influential, to get out and do what we know they can do, which is to help move the needle. 
in a, in a massive way. Folks at Seek.com, folks, uh, they, of course, have uh, these amazing products uh, founded by Maris BL. It's a black-owned virtual reality company. You can check out their content on Seek.com. They, they have these amazing VR headsets right here. These headsets allow folks uh, to be able, of course, to uh, watch the virtual reality content, drop your phone right into the slot, put this uh, headset on. You can actually be literally in the room uh, where uh, the video was shot. And also, of course, they have their headset here. The 360-degree 4D headphones right here. Uh, tremendous sound, bass sound, goes all the way around. Uh, you can use it for gaming, of course, videos, music, you name it. You can get these products, folks, at Seek.com, C-E-E-K.com. That's C-E-E-K.com. So please support them. They are partners with us here at Roland Martin Unfiltered. And we certainly thank them uh, for being uh, partners on this show. All right, folks, as of today, there are 10.3 million cases of coronavirus in the United States. 240,000 people have died. We told you yesterday about the death of Bishop Harry Jackson Jr. Uh, he, of course, he had battled, he had battled cancer, but um, he actually died of COVID. Diagnosed uh, a couple days ago. I actually got an email uh, from a, there was a uh, Republican um, who said, excuse me, that was a uh, another um, uh, evangelical who sent an email out to his followers, uh, and someone forwarded me uh, that particular email. Uh, and I'm going to, I want to read this for you uh, in a second once it uh, pulls up on my iPad here. Um, and give me one second, folks. Here we go. Uh, and so uh, this was the email uh, that they sent. Uh, Anthony, go to my iPad. Uh, it said, uh, greetings in the mighty name of Jesus. This is Christian International. Go to iPad, please. Uh, you may have heard by now that Bishop Haman was hospitalized due to COVID-19. Uh, he has had steady. Uh, do we have? Come on, go to iPad, please. Thank you. He has had steady improvement over the past couple days and is feeling stronger and breathing easier. He has an amazing team of doctors who are using all the new drugs to help him heal faster. He has not been in crisis at all, but of course, we have rallied prayer to fortify him against this attack. Our prayers are prevailing, but we cannot let up until we see the full manifestation of his healing. Now, they posted a photo of him with Bishop Harry Jackson Jr. You often say, saw him uh, on this show, my show, TV One's News One Now. Uh, it says here uh, that um, we also received sad news today that Bishop Harry Jackson passed away. He is he has been battling for his health for a while now and had some recent complications, including a COVID positive test two days ago. Initial thoughts are that his heart failed due to these challenges. Please be praying for his new wife, his family, and his church. He was a true general in the body of Christ and will be dearly missed. And he also, of course, uh, was uh, one of Trump's uh, supporters. He was an uh, evangelical supporting him, uh, part of his, one of his spiritual advisors. Uh, there's this video of him uh, praying, if you will. Uh, I, think was, I think it was Easter. He was, he was praying uh, in, uh, in the White House. But the reality is he was at that event, that is September 26th super spreader event that took place uh, at the White House for Amy Coney Barrett. 
uh, and he was there. Now, of course, folks, um, uh, even though we have the early promising results from Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine trial, a number of questions are still unanswered about it, as well as when the average person can get a shot. Now, Pfizer's vaccine is a new type of technology. Joining us now is infectious disease specialist, Dr. Alexia Gaffney. Doc, glad to have you back on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Tell us what you know about uh, this particular vaccine. Uh, Pfizer announced a 90% uh, effective, uh, they, effective rate. They think they'll be able to have a massive number of doses, dosages in 2021. Just your thoughts on it so, thus far. So um, the vaccine um, is an mRNA vaccine, which is not how we typically produce vaccines. So what this vaccine does when we're when a patient is injected with this mRNA, it is basically the blueprint that the body needs to make a particular protein. So our body's cells will make what is equivalent to the spike protein that is on the surface of the coronavirus. And in response to the presence of this abnormal protein, the body's immune system will then begin to make antibodies, uh, which is how our body fights infections, as well as produce uh, possibly T cells, so the types of white blood cells that tell our body, hey, there's a foreign invader here. And that, according to this initial data from Pfizer, um, has shown efficacy rates of at or above 90% in their very preliminary clinical trials. What does that mean? Does it mean that do you take this before you get COVID or do you take it after you've contracted COVID? So this is a vaccine. This is not a treatment. So an uninfected person, um, someone who is healthy and well, would get two doses of this vaccine to help their body mount an immune response so that when they encounter the virus in everyday life, their body is already prepared to fight off the infection. So think about, um, even though it's a different vaccine technology, it's being compared to the measles vaccine, right? None of us, or most of us, have not had measles because we got a vaccine to protect us from it so that if and when we were exposed to it, we could not become infected or we would not have a um, significantly symptomatic infection because our body is already prepared to fight off the infection. So does that mean that if if... I take this before I get it. I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get COVID-19. I'm protected. Any idea how long am I protected? Does it give me three months, six months, a year? Do I have to keep taking it once a month? Any, do we know anything? So all we know right now from 94 positive cases out of 43,000 plus participants in this clinical trial is that 90% of the people who got COVID-19 infection and were a part of this trial did not receive the vaccine. So um, all we could say is that hopefully the 90% will hold true once- Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You said did not receive the vaccine, meaning did not contract COVID. Right, so the participants who contracted the virus, they were not the people who received the actual vaccine in the trial, or 90% of those 94 people who got a COVID infection that they got this data from, those people, 90% of those people were not vaccinated. So 10% of the people in that cohort of 94 people who had a COVID infection were vaccinated with their study drug. So, um, 
the initial data is hopefully what we'll what we'll see when the population at large is vaccinated that will continue to see 90% efficacy although um you know that those numbers may change as we look at a larger sample of people in the trial and as we start to get vaccine out to the general population the other questions that you're asking Roland we just simply don't have enough data to answer um this information was released Sunday based on an independent review of this Pfizer study. And so as we received the information, the folks at Pfizer were receiving the information, but they can't yet tell us, you know, how long the immunity will last. So they are planning to follow their study cohort for two years. And over that two-year time, we will get more information as we go. But we don't know how long the efficacy will last because the trial has not gone on long enough to prove that. What we know right now is that um, people who receive the vaccine will need two doses of the vaccine. Um, those doses will probably be given three to four weeks apart. And we just have to hope that the efficacy that was seen in this small cohort of patients in this trial continues to hold true as more and more people get vaccinated. All right, then, Dr. Gaffin, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Thanks for having me Thank on, Thank you. Uh, Joseph, I got a kick out of the fact that you had Donald Trump Jr. who was complaining, oh, so now y'all released this information. Geraldo said that if this was released two weeks ago, it would have guaranteed uh, Trump's victory. And in fact, uh, Mike Pence released a statement saying, yeah, this, th 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 this was because of our operation. Then Pfizer came back and said, no, actually, th this didn't happen because of your operation, whatever they call it, because we weren't even participating in your, in your... I mean, it was sort of like the Trump administration was taking credit for something they had nothing to do with. Well, Let's look, I, there was... I mean, there was... It was a two-part thing, right? So it's like they weren't necessarily a part of Warp Speed, but then the contract that they were actually given, that had the funds allocated for, came out of Warp Speed. Look, it, it's a mixed bag, I think, again, to the point that's been beaten home today, is that obviously when it comes to the Trump administration, it's very difficult to know um, what you take seriously and what not to take seriously. Um, I think to our point, I mean, one of the things that I would like to know more about this Pfizer a case, obviously, early on, on, on your show this year, you had the presidents of Xavier and Dillard come on talking about the fact that we had African-Americans Americans who were underrepresented in some of these studies. Um, and so, again, what is the efficacy as it relates uh, to people of color? Um, what, it, what are the issues that we're going to be dealing with as, as it pertains to, you know, is this going to be approved for black people to take? Is this going to be approved for women to take? Um, obviously, there are certain drugs, blood pressure medications and the like, um, that they have certain restrictions because there weren't enough people in these cohorts. Or, uh, those are the types of things that hopefully we can get to come out of this and, and let get out of a, a set of a, a Trump-centric uh, approach to um, a global health crisis that's impacted too many lives. Well, and look, we're dealing with Julian here is uh, the reality that, um, yeah, we are used to them lying, taking credit for things that they had nothing to do with. But bottom line is, we kind of got a reason not to trust them because they kind of been lying <laughs> a lot. I really, I mean, everybody has bleach in their kitchen. So, I mean, if we, if we believe them, everybody would have shot up bleach. So, just saying. But, Roland, the, the thing that uh, the doctor... Uh, pointed out, 94 cases is a very small number of cases with COVID. Uh, we really need to see a lot more information. And then there's the issue of distribution. From what I understand, this vaccination will have to be kept uh, somewhere way below freezing. I forgot how many degrees. It's way below freezing. And most places do not have the capacity 
with that level of coldness. So are we going to have to develop um, refrigerated trucks or something, very refrigerated trucks, you know, to, to get this out? Dr. Fauci was on CNN today, and he basically said he'd expect the vaccinations to get out really until April, except for extreme cases um, or people who are at sp special risk. So this is good news for Pfizer. It's good news for us, for America. Uh, Joseph has raised a very good point about efficacy for black folks. Um, and Fauci today talked about older people as well. But we don't know whether this is going to be good for older people. Um, so there are a lot of questions to be asked. And I think, frankly, the least important thing, we have to get into the mindset role of, of, of keeping that man out of, out of our mouths and keeping him, you know, basically, Mr. Mr. Uh, 45, it's over. It's all over, Casanova. So just go grab whatever you want to grab, whatever you want to grab, and just get out, get out of our space. And uh, he will do that sooner rather than later. Kelly? I agree with Dr. Malvo on that one. He just needs to go. Um, again, this is not surprising that the Trump administration would try to piggyback off of work that they had no uh, participation in, did not even try to uh, front that they had any role in making it a success whatsoever. They did, they're doing it with this. They did it with the HBCU bill. They've done it pretty much their entire administration with everything that you know, they claim is a win. So it, it, it is what it is in that regard. Um, but when it comes to this vaccine specifically, I am happy that it exists. Um, but I echo the sentiments of the other panelists here in that the, the, the logistics in making sure that every American gets it um, are steep. Um, and I don't know exactly how that's going to work, given that we are in the middle of a pandemic and some of the ways in which things need to be done are, are limited right now. Um, and we are still at 10 million cases and to almost a quarter of a million deaths in this country. So we're already behind the ball significantly in getting this vaccine created, let alone distributed. So um, I'm curious to see how that's gonna play out, hopefully in time for it to mitigate some kind of damage. All right, folks, y'all know what time it is. On my property. All right, y'all. So Twitter was like a little crazy today because uh, there's this uh, re re there's a Republican named Dean Browning uh, out of Pennsylvania. Uh, and uh, Dean Browning, y'all, um, let, let's just say this, this is weird. So he sent this tweet here out. I'm a black gay guy, and I can personally say that Obama did nothing for me. My life only changed a little bit, and it was for the worst. Everything is so much better on the Trump, though. I feel respected, which I never do when Democrats are involved. <laughs> Folks are like, um, Dean, you're white. So what are you talking about? So then Dean decides to go, no, 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 no. That I was actually responding to somebody else and 
it, my, my, my tweets got... So that's really what happened. I was responding to somebody else. So that's really what happened there. That really wasn't me. So please uh, f forgive me. This whole deal... Th now we're hearing... He tweets Pat LaBelle's son. It's all kind of drama. Uh, you talk about crazy, Joseph. Uh, but I, I, I really got to laugh at that one. I really got to laugh at that one. That uh, this this uh, white right-wing conservative really got himself uh, caught up in a, a, a crazy one today on Twitter. The folks, uh, folks, saying look, he's, I... folks saying he's pretending to be a black gay man under, uh, under his burner account. <laughs> I mean, I've often, often said to people, wouldn't it just be easier for us to engage honest to God black people rather than have to pretend to be them on the Internet? Um, and, and this is not the first time this has happened. It won't be the last time that it's happened. There are plenty of uh, you know, salacious and, and felonious accounts out there uh, pretending to be black Republicans. It shouldn't be that hard to find a black Republican if Republicans actually started showing up in black communities and doing the work um, to demonstrate love and care of black people. Uh, so look, that that's th this is uh, a perpetuation of what we've been dealing with. Um, it's the kind of insincere outreach and that's trying to be masked in these anecdotal evidence of things that do not exist and uh yeah but but, crazy. but but this was a, <laughs> this julian was a part of the disinformation campaign by the russians in 2016 where well, look uh twitter and facebook have busted of uh, these these troll farms impersonating black people and so we, we've seen this that actually has happened it has happened, and of course, in 2016, I think we were somewhat vulnerable to it. Some people believed it. Some people got tweets that uh, had lies about Hillary in them, other things, and people believed them. This just is hilarious, and I don't know to what end this man chose to impersonate a gay black man. I mean, I, I just uh, I can't understand his logic, but I'm not trying. I'm not trying to figure stupid out. Kelly, I mean, she took the words out of my mouth. This this is stupid. This is absolutely stupid. It, it's it's like what happens when you try to be, um, what is that lady's name, who who pretended to be uh, black to be in the NAACP? Oh, the girl, the girl out oh, in uh, yeah, I, I, I know, I know. You know I, 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 I in Seattle. Yeah, don't we don't we don't really care. Go ahead. I mean, it's like a Twitter version of that. Only it happened in Rachel Dolezal. Dolezal, thank. you. But it, it's it's like a Dolezal, a Twitter version of Dolezal, only in a very small uh, fraction of the time. We caught it in time for not a whole lot of damage to be done. But this is this is really dumb, and it's actually like a recurring pattern outside of Russia using bots for trying to be black people. There are actively white people out there with fake black people accounts to act like black people purporting to be Trump supporters, purporting to be anti-Black and um, embracing white supremacy and stuff. So this, again, I've, I've been <laughs> saying this all day on your show. This isn't surprising to me. It's just sad. It's really, really pathetic that people think that they can keep doing this without, you know, and get away with it. Well, well, we do have to understand, uh, look, misinformation has been targeted at Black people and it has been effective, especially with black men. Panel, I certainly appreciate it. Uh, Joseph, Julian, and Kelly, thank you so very much. Hey, folks, if y'all want to join our Bring the Funk fan club, 
uh, please support what we do. Let me give a shout out. Uh, these are folks that actually sent in uh, checks and money orders today. Uh, Tony Lund, thank you so much. Charlene Logan, uh, Kevin Jackson, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Gary A. Lloyd Sr., Sydney Scott Jr., Shonda Yvette Scott, Anthony Thomas. Uh, let's see, Sherman Henderson, uh, Robert T. Wallace, uh, Renee Yancey, uh, John McMillan, and Vivian Smith. Folks, we thank all of you. Uh, Sherman, drop us a note. You are doing a good job. I hope this will help uh, to get your live truck. Sherman, we working on that. Trust me. We love you, Roland. Keep up the great reporting. Keep us informed. That's uh, Gary uh, Lloyd from Monroe, Louisiana. Uh, I think, uh, let's see, um, uh, Mr. Martin, uh, you're doing a marvelous job. I appreciate it. Thank you, Roland, for your show. I have learned so much. I was born in 1959 during Jim Crow days, and I, um, I saw with my parents making plans when it was time to vote. I would always ask my parents, why do we have to sit on the back of the bus? Why does it say colored only? Why did they kill or, uh, or shoot those people? Learning about my rights as a black man in this uh, country is very important to me. Uh, learning about how the elections work from local to the White House is truly educational. Even reading and researching all the candidates on your ballots, knowing how to track your ballot, understanding your right to vote, understanding the Senate and House of Representatives, uh, learning what the midterms are all about. So I said to myself, if I can support Democratic Party with the, with the little money I have, I can surely support my brother, Roland Martin. Man, I certainly appreciate that. Thank you so very much, folks. Uh, that's the impact uh, we are having with this show. Y'all can support us. Uh, we've got, we probably are coming, moving close to 14,000 fans. Our goal by the end of the year is to have 20,000 of our fans supporting this show. More than six, more than nearly 8,000 of y'all are on YouTube today. If y'all are on YouTube, you can give right there on YouTube, joining our Bring the Funk fan club. Uh, our cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered, paypal.me forward slash rmartinunfiltered, venmo.com forward slash rmunfiltered. You can also send a money order to New Vision Media Inc. NU Vision Media Inc. 1625 K Street Northwest. Washington, Suite 400, Washington, D.C., 2006. Uh, folks, uh, that's important because we are gearing up for Georgia. Pull the lower third up, please. You saw it during the show. We're going to have this running through December 7th. That is the runoff. The deadline to register uh, to for the runoff on Georgia is December 7th. Go to IWillVote.com. Go to Vote.org uh, to actually register. Even if you did not vote in the general election, you can still vote in the runoff. We're going to be uh, spend lots of time in Georgia. That's why your dollars will support us in what we do. Uh, and so we certainly appreciate that. And one of the things that, and again, I share with y'all this all the time because I want you to understand um, um, what it is uh, we're trying to do. So I told you about the, st the, uh, the streaming system that we got. Uh, and so y'all remember, remember on election night we were trying to go live uh, to the folks uh, down at Black Lives Matter Plaza and we were having problems going live. Well, part of the problem is because there were so many people and other folks streaming. And so what we are doing is uh, <clears throat> we saw that was a problem so we reached out to the company here. They have a thing called Live View Extender. Go to my iPad, please. They have a thing called Live View Extender. You will see that it, it's mounted on top of trucks. You see that right here on a vehicle, uh, but you can also put it on the tripod uh, where you're broadcasting from, uh, and you see it right here. Well, that's $12,000. We're gonna get one of those 
So that way, when we're out in rural places in Georgia, if we're actually in congested places in the city and lots of people, we're going to be able to get our signal out to be able to broadcast the show and live stream. Again, that's 12 grand. So what we are doing, so when, so when I tell y'all uh, that, that we are serious about this and what we're doing, how, we, how we're building, how we're doing things, that's exactly what we're doing. Uh, you know, we're sitting here, you know, in the studio right now. Uh, you know, we, we made uh, lots of improvements here. I think, Anthony, you can even switch. The, hold on, let me do this here. You can switch this here so you see, folks. Uh, normally we have it, so go to my iPad. So you see, uh, we've got all these monitors right here, folks. Uh, that is, of course, the live feed. That's the program feed in the center. Uh, we're able to watch other networks when we're actually live on the show. You see all the lighting system we put in. All of these things are happening. That's what your dollars go to support. So please join our fan club right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered. And don't forget, you can also listen to our podcast on the iHeart um, radio app. All right, folks, I got to go. I'll see you guys tomorrow on Roller Martin Unfiltered. Don't forget, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are at 600 and where are we right now? 671,000 subscribers, 4,000 away from 675,000. If you watch our YouTube channel, don't subscribe. Go ahead and click the subscribe button and click the bell so you can turn on your notifications. And when we go live, you'll know it. All right, y'all. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Holla! From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.